0: Hi, everyone, good evening. So um, just a a note for those of you who may not be on my email list. um, Next week, uh, I can't lead class on Tuesday night. Um, I have to do something um, for an English department event. So um, I'll be leading this class on Wednesday at the same time, 7.30. Um, If you uh, aren't on the email list, you can sign up uh, by going to um, williamstownzengroup.org. And it's a a, a pretty easy way to to just subscribe to the email list. So, um, tonight we're gonna start um, with a 25, 30 minute meditation, which will be um, structured uh, a little like what we did last, uh, last Tuesday, open with a bit of a body scan, I think not quite as thorough a body scan this time as last Tuesday, and then move to um, kind of multi-point awareness practice where we're um, focusing on um, a few different anchors at the same time. Um, if you don't know what that means, don't worry, the instructions along the way will tell you everything you need to know. Um, but just to give you a sense of what this meditation is like, and then um, if um, I, I'm going to respond to two questions that I got by email um, uh, after the, the the guided meditation is over. Um, but if anyone has questions, like to ask, you know, if something comes up during sitting for you, hopefully there'll be time um, after the meditation. Okay, so
1: please just get in a comfortable position. back, upright, front side open so the breath can move freely in and out of the body. And just take a few deep breaths, nice and slow and deep. And then let your, if your mouth is
0: open, let it come to a close and breathe in and out through the nose. And now just let your breath come and go at its own rhythm, no longer intentionally lengthening the breath, but just letting the breath be however it wants to be, moment by moment,
1: whether that be short, erratic, or long. Please bring your awareness now to the
0: soft tissue in the inside of your nostrils. And feel the sensations there in the inside of your nose produced by the breath as it moves in
1: and out of the body. These sensations may be very subtle at first that's fine. Just
0: keep your attention fixed on however it feels
1: in the inside of your nose. Feel how the in breath feels different than the out breath. The air is cooler as it comes into the body, warmer after it's moved through your lungs. It's not uncommon for us to exert some control over the breath. If you
0: notice now or at any point during this meditation that you're controlling the breath, managing it, just see if you can loosen your grip on the breath
1: and let the breath just come and go freely without interference. Now please let your awareness move down to the center of your chest.
0: Just feel the sensations there in the breastbone area, the sternum that are associated with the breath as the chest rises and falls.
1: Does the center of your chest feel
0: tight or raw or some other way? Just notice how it feels, letting it be however it is,
1: no particular way it should feel, just notice how it is. Now let your awareness move down to the belly, and in particular, the lower belly, below the belly button. Just feel the sensations there, the energy there. And notice
0: what movement you can sense that's associated with the breath. Some of you, the belly will move more than it will for others as you breathe. And again, there's no right or wrong, no way the breath is supposed to feel. Just notice how much or how little the belly moves as you breathe
1: and how it feels as it moves. Whenever thoughts or
0: anything else distract you, carry you away from whatever you're focusing on, as soon as you realize that has happened, just say silently to yourself, thinking to acknowledge that you've been pulled away, and then come back to wherever your attention
1: was right now, the belly. Let your awareness now circle around to the backside of the body,
0: the lower back. And just feel the sensations in the muscles and the tissue of the lower back, particularly the muscles that run
1: up and down either side of the spinal column in the lower back. And as you breathe and
0: as you are aware of this area, just notice how the sensations change moment
1: by moment, even if only very slightly. So all we're doing is just bringing
0: awareness to different parts of the body, not trying to affect those parts of the body, not trying to feel a certain way, just noticing how these different parts of the body feel. And sometimes precisely because of our awareness, the sensations may change. Sometimes muscles will relax, but We're not doing this to produce any changes. Sometimes
1: just change will just happen. And then notice how that feels. It's just noticing. Now let's bring our awareness to our buttocks, our glutes. big powerful muscles that can carry a lot of residual tension. Do you notice any tension or holding in your glutes? Let your awareness be soft, accepting, just letting whatever you find float, In a spacious awareness. And now let's check out the thighs. And then the knees, beginning with the kneecaps.
0: Then letting your awareness move into the structure of the knee joint,
1: feeling whatever there is to be felt there. If there's ever a part of the body that we
0: bring our attention to where you don't feel much of anything at all, Don't worry, that can happen
1: sometimes. Then the task is simply to notice the absence of sensation. It's always the same instruction, just feel what there is to be felt wherever we're scanning. Now let's check out the lower leg, beginning with the front side, the shins. And then circling around to the back, exploring the calf muscles. the ankle joints now. And then the tops of your feet. and then the bottoms of your feet, the soles, exploring the arches, the balls of your feet, and of course the toes. I'd like you bring your awareness now to your upper arms, exploring shoulders down to the elbow joints, your bicep muscles, your triceps, And then your forearms. Your wrists. the back sides of your hands and your palms Now, let's bring our awareness to the very top of our head. Just notice how the scalp up there at the very top feels any tingling, any tension, perhaps some pulsing. Now, move your awareness to your forehead area. We furrow
0: our brows, scrunch our eyebrows when we are anxious or thinking, stressed. So, is there any residual tension?
1: here in the forehead area. Just notice. Let your awareness move down into and around the eye. And then let's explore the jaw muscles, muscles that we use to chew, which some of us may also use to
0: grind our teeth at night Can have a lot of tension held in these muscles.
1: There may even be discomfort, soreness. Remember to let your awareness be soft and gentle as you explore your jaw muscles. And then let's explore the tongue
0: And to begin, just notice how your tongue is situated in
1: your mouth cavity. And then bring your awareness to the tip of the tongue and notice what sensations there are at the tip, any tension. Any other kinds of sensations there? And now the middle part of the tongue and the back end of the tongue. And then finally, please bring your awareness to your lips. So we're gonna transition now into
0: open awareness practice where I'm gonna ask you to Bring your awareness to a few different spots in the body at the same time. I'm trying to hold multiple anchors simultaneously in awareness. And it's okay if you can't hold them all at once. If you need to move between different anchors, that's okay. So let's begin by bringing our awareness once again to the inside of the nose and just to feel the breath.
1: as it moves in and out of the nose. And while you continue feeling the breath in the nose,
0: please include in your awareness, the sensations of the breath in the center of your chest. See if you can feel the breath simultaneously in the nose and
1: in the rise and fall of the chest. And as I said, it's okay if you need to toggle back and forth. Just do it slowly, not in a
0: frantic way, just gently moving your awareness from nose to chest and back to nose again. And once in a while, see if you can hold both
1: in awareness simultaneously. Now, while you continue following the breath
0: in the nose and in the chest, please add the sensations of the breath in the belly. So following the breath
1: in all three spots, belly, chest, and nose. Now I'd like you to just keep following the breath in the nose.
0: And please add to the nose the sensations in your hands. So you're feeling the sensations in your hands
1: while you're also feeling the sensations of the breath in the nose. And now please add to that an awareness of all the sounds
0: in the space around you. So breath,
1: hands, and sound. If you're able to manage all three anchors
0: at once, breath, hands, and sounds, you might try
1: adding once again, the breath in the chest and the belly. And once in a while, just check in to make sure you're actually being aware of all these
0: anchors. Can you hear the sounds around you?
1: Can you feel the sensations in your hands? Can you feel the sensations of the breath? And whenever thoughts pull you away, just notice what kind of thought has pulled you
0: away. And then just bring your awareness back
1: to the present moment using the anchors of breath, sounds, and hands. You might try substituting the sensations of the air on your skin for the sounds. Feeling the air on your skin, feeling the breath, feeling your hands. And you should feel free to substitute other anchors as well. There's no magic choice. Just pick
0: something in the body, some part of the body, use the breath and then use an anchor that's outside the body, like the sensation of the air
1: in the room or the sounds in the space you're in. Instead of hands, you might use the sensations in your feet
0: or your buttock, or the upright
1: feeling of your posture, the spine. Okay, everyone, that's good for tonight.
0: <clears throat> Before I turn to um, the two questions that I got by email that I want to um, respond to. Does anyone have any um, questions or just comments about the, this practice that we did tonight and, and last week? If anyone has any thing they'd like to talk about specifically about these
1: practices, um, why don't we do that while it's sort of, our experience of it is fresher? yeah bernie bernie i just
2: wanted to say that uh the gap between my mind going off and wandering
0: uh to getting back to the anchors uh and labeling them
2: has uh increased tremendously and uh my meditation especially this morning was very rewarding Mm -hmm. i kind of struggled with it um
0: and it was kind of a mental uh, gymnastics i guess and um
2: I'm just saying that gap is widened and uh, the meditation or setting is much more enjoyable for me.
0: Mm. I'm glad to hear that, Bill. Yeah.
2: So yes, you feel and like and I, Bill, I had the same experience just now. Exactly. I've had, it's such a deep, deep, it, it's the best meditation I've had. It's, it's really good. So.
0: So good. These using these, I guess like grounding in the body, and then using these multiple anchors is proving helpful, useful for you guys. That's really good. Great to hear.
2: Yeah, it's more of getting out of the head mm-hmm. and into the body, like you were saying before. Mm-hmm. I never experienced it in that. It was kind of an epiphany this morning.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. And what's interesting is, um, you know, somehow having like more for the mind to do, more anchors to keep track of, actually can somehow make it easier. Um, like if we just have one thing we're focusing on, sometimes it's easier to like multitask, you know, follow the breath and think. <laughs> um, just plan and all that. So that's the idea, yeah. Hi, Sonora.
2: Yeah, I like the again, having three things somehow keeps my mind busier than just following my breath. But it's also so simple that I can come back to it over and over again and just think, oh, which one did I lose? Let me start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I've been yeah, able to connect with it because I think you did this several weeks ago when I was here and I found it really helpful. I was able to keep coming back to that.
0: That's great. Yeah. <clears throat> and you can even um, almost like a it's like a, a subtle mantra practice, just like once right. in a while, just say like hands, mm-hmm. breath sounds you know it's like kind of rotating through and yeah hi Sylvia hi
1: hi um I found that's
2: the first time I've done where you've had us breathe in three different places at the same time that's the first time I've done that and it's funny how um it made me feel like just a big breathing machine it Mm -hmm. just made me feel like uh that kind of took over it was that was a really good way for me to i, I there was no place for my mind the thoughts just couldn't happen hmm. and i felt like by the time it was the nose it was uh the chest and by the and before you even said the belly my belly had taken over so it was hmm. almost like that was a natural progression to have the breath become bigger it hmm. it became like the the, the, the folk it became huge it was very nice. It was, it was, and it wasn't even by, I didn't even realize what was happening. It just, just happened.
1: It was, yeah, it was nice. That's
0: great. By the way, if any of you are not relating to it, it was nice enough. Don't worry. It doesn't always feel nice for me. I just, I mean, it's, I'm really happy to hear that people are having a sort of pleasant experiences tonight. Um, but if you're like thinking like, wait, why wasn't that for It's not even that way for me all the time, (laughs) don't worry. It's, you know, sometimes we have a nice time, sometimes we don't, the point is just to do it no matter what, to feel however it is. So um, I don't want anyone to feel like, hmm, hmm.
1: (laughs) But I'm happy for the people who had good sittings, pleasant sittings, yeah. Yeah. That's right, and that's good. So now in case um, um,
0: any of you can't see the chat, Sonora said, not nice, pleasant, but kept bringing me back to attention. My body was uncomfortable and stiff. And I think that's really important distinction. It's um, it's just a way to be present with what's happening and that itself can be pleasant, but not necessarily feel pleasurable, right? Um, I think that's the key thing, yeah. To someone to be more grounded, yeah. Well, maybe I'll turn to um, at least one of the email questions that I got. Um, Hold on, I'm going to bring it up on my screen so I can see it. So this is from um, just a you know a regular member of the group, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just start. There are two questions in this email. I'm I'm able to start with one and see how long it takes because I don't want to I want to leave room for questions that might arise um, on the floor tonight. So. but this is actually a question I get often. Actually, I get it often from my students in the class I teach at Williams. Um, so I think it's, a, it's really worth addressing. So um, I'm just gonna read the email, this part of the email. I've been wondering about the difference between not creating suffering by craving things and being depressed. Obviously, no one who teaches meditation would hope for people to feel depressed But how do you let go of things without being completely disinterested? Couldn't trying to let go of craving things lead to feeling apathy? I feel like having goals and knowing what you want out of life is an important piece of fulfillment, but wanting too much can definitely be a problem. It's kind of like the opposite side of the question that was asked a few weeks ago now but how to try, but not try too hard in practice. How do you let go, but not all the way? I'm curious where this line is. Um, hold on one second. I'm just gonna adjust my screen so I can see everyone while also seeing the text. Um, oops, hold on.
1: Okay, there we go. Um, <clears throat> so, I think this is um, so. There, I think there.
0: It's this. There are a few different ways I'd I'd like to maybe approach this this question. So you know, if we let go of craving, what's going to drive our life? Like, if we let go of goals, right? Um, But then, won't we just become depressed or apathetic or disinterested in life? Um, Don't we need goals to give our life direction and shape, right, and energy? Um, So. I think the first thing I would say is that um, often when I think we think about practice theoretically, um, we start to get uh, we start to develop pictures of what um, what it would look like to actually like go farther down the path of practice. Um, so uh, a different picture that's very common, for example, is that you know, people um, can c- come to practice and think, oh, like my anxiety will be gone, or I won't feel fear, right? I, they have a, so it's very natural to produce these kind of um, sort of ideas, pictures, images of what practice will do to us, right? And I think that's what go- what's going on in this case, where I think um, definitely like sort of um, letting go of craving, right? Um, uh, becoming less attached to things. Um, is uh, something that is at the core of what Buddhism and Buddhist practice is all about. So I think it really makes a lot of sense that this person would think, well, then that would mean that actually I wouldn't have any desires, right? I wouldn't have any, um, if if I went down this road and and wouldn't that lead to a kind of apathetic approach to life, even depression. But I think um, in both cases, both the picture of like, oh, life without anxiety or the life without craving, I think we need to be really cautious about about the kinds of pictures that we um, sort of start to believe in as if like, this is what um, practice is bringing us to. Um, And and because yes, even though in a way we are working with craving attachment, um, attachment and aversion, um, really the work is not like getting somewhere to this state which we've imagined will be like this, but just in the moment, noticing um, where we're clinging to things and where we're trying to push things away. I guess in this case, I'll just focus on the clinging because that's what this person specifically asked about, Um, you know, being attached to certain kinds of um, goals or um, life plans or things like that. Um, And so I think instead of assuming that, oh, that picture is accurate, in fact, I think it's actually really important to see that, okay, that's just a picture of a practice that I have that's coming up. Um, and to be like open-minded about what practice will actually do. Um, it's beginner's mind, you know, um, it's, the, it's a, another phrase that people use as like the mind of not knowing. And, like anytime we think we know what practice is going to, to, to do to us, what's gonna happen if we keep practicing, um, I think it's actually important to see that as just another kind of idea, another thought that we're having, another thing to notice. And um and I think that one of the reasons why I think this particular picture of what would happen, that we'd become apathetic or depressed, is actually um misleading um and so therefore unnecessarily worries worrying to this person is because also I think um, there's a slight um misunderstanding of what letting go of attachment uh actually consists of. So um and You know, how do you let go of things, right? Without being completely disinterested. So this is one of the sentences. And um, so I think a lot of people when they hear this phrase, let go, it's almost like they're imagining that um, when I let go of a thought or attachment or something like this, I'm kind of like putting it aside or dropping it, you know? and I think this is one of the reasons why I actually often like to substitute the phrase, let be for let go. Let go, it's almost like the picture is like, okay, so imagine in your mind, there's gravity, right? And you hold on to something like a thought or um, a desire and you let go and the thing drops, you know? Um, and maybe sometimes we were like more like you're chucking it away, like, okay, go away, okay. But this idea is like, you let go and it drops. But I actually imagine um, rather that there's no gravity in the mind, because why? there doesn't have to be gravity in the mind, it's not, it's not obeying the laws of physics. So there isn't any. And instead, when we um, let go of a thought, we're just in a way opening the palm of the mind. So it's like instead of clutching tightly to a certain desire or thought, we're simply opening the palm of the mind. So that desire, that thought, whatever it may be, Can just be there, even floating right there. But we've let go of it, right? And we can just let it be there. Um, The idea that it now then needs to go away is extra. You know, all we have to do is open the palm of the mind, let go in that sense, and then let whatever we let go of just be. Let it be
1: there. And so when we let go of uh,
0: things that we are um, imagining we might do, like goals that we might have, um, we're not getting rid of those goals. We're not discarding them. We're just having a looser attitude towards them. We're letting them be there, but we're not clutching so tightly to them. That's all that really letting go And this practice is is really asking us to do, to notice that we're holding something tight and just hold it, uh, not even hold it, just let it be there uh, in a more open way. Um, And so I think that one slight sort of like tweak to this way of thinking about this picture of letting go already, you know, like can help us see why. Um, a life of practice does not entail a life without plans or goals or desires. It simply means having a looser relationship to them. Um, and, And in fact, it might therefore mean a more fulfilling relationship to those goals because we all know how it feels to clutch really tightly to a certain goal. Like I need that to come true. I need my life to look this way, right? That is when goals lead to suffering, right? But it's not the goal. It's our attachment to it, our our tight grip around it. Um, If we just open the palm of the hand, as I put it, then that goal can still be there. It can still shape our life, but if it doesn't happen, then it's not gonna feel like devastation to us. Um, And we also um, may start to realize as we explore this gripping quality, you know, the ways in which um, we are holding to certain goals, not just because we think that goal is something we want to do, but also perhaps because we feel like it's the only thing that would make me feel worthy. Or like, you know, it's like there's other kinds of emotions that are feeding into that particular attachment. Like, I need to to, you know, I I need to. I need affection. I need love. I need acknowledgement. Or I'm gonna, you know, I have this emptiness inside, and so I'm gonna hold tight to this because this is the ticket to the kind of um, sense of acceptance that I've always been so hungry for. And you start to realize that, you know, the different kinds of reasons we grip so tightly. And it's all part of what we explore when we kind of like open the hand a little bit. So, um, so, so it's actually not about trying to figure out the like. How tightly to hold on to right? It's like it's kind of like the opposite side of the question that was asked this past week: how to how how to try but not too hard. So how do you let go but not all the way? I'm curious where this line is. There's not a, really a line. It's not about finding the the you know the golden mean or something. Um, it's like have goals. There's nothing wrong with them. Um, you know, um, and and simply just hold them as loosely as you can. You know, and then I think that's it. Um, So the beautiful thing about this is we're not actually being asked to change anything about the things we might want to do, um, you know, what we care about. These are all things that uh, are, are part of who we are. It's just about changing our relationship to them. And then the interesting thing is as we start to open our grip, start to soften our grip, we may then, of course, start to realize that we actually have different goals. Maybe the thing I thought I wanted wasn't so much the thing I actually felt like I, I wanted because that was actually driven from this deep sense of need. And now that I feel like I can approach life more loosely, more, more openly. Oh, I realized actually what I'd really love to do is that, you know, um, or maybe, you know, yeah. So anyway. So you can see how it's not, if it, things may change, but it's not because they need to change Practice is on asking us to change, but it's giving us a way to, be more open so that we can be more in touch with what really matters to us. Um, And honestly, I think it's actually easier to accomplish the goals we have with this kind of attitude. (laughs) Um, So, you know, um, so uh, I think this is what I wanna say. And it's just, um, you know, when I think, um, especially like my college students get first introduced to the idea of the Four Noble Truths, right? life is suffering, the, the, the origin of suffering is craving or attachment. They all like are asking like, how can you have life without you know a craving or attachment or desire? Like, why would I do any schoolwork? You know, and the problem is, of course, that maybe a lot of them are only doing the schoolwork because they're driven by fear, and then that is a problem. <laughs> it may be hard to motivate yourself, um, but I think that's a good problem to have because you should find out like how might you approach your life not driven by the sense of need, but rather just let's let's do what we want. And of course, you know, um, so. Um, Okay, so there are about like four or five minutes left. I, that's my response. If anyone has anything they'd like to say in response to what I just said, add your own anecdote or, or ask a follow-up question, please do. I think I won't tackle the second question tonight because I, there's no point in rushing. Right? There's no, we have plenty of time week after week. I'll, I'll, I'll add something to that. This is a question that, that has bothered or has consumed me for a long time. And I think the way that I did it or the way that I approach it was to separate the outcomes from the action. And then so I, I, let, it, I let the outcome be, in your words. And then by focusing on the action, uh, it allowed me to be in the moment. I treat the action like it's a breath. I treat the action like it's a very pleasurable thing that I choose to do. Um, and then not worry about the future of the outcomes. And that, that has really helped me. It gives permission for me to do the things that I feel like doing at that moment. I think that's, that's, that's a, another, oh, exactly, right, another way of putting, I think, what I was trying to say, but a really powerful way of putting it. Thank you so much, Juan. Yeah. Um, acting without attachment to outcomes is, I think, a very,
1: very um, important Attitude to cultivate, yeah. And I think you implied this,
0: but it's like when you said the action can be like a breath. And often like when we only are worried about the outcome, then even if there's potentially a lot of pleasure to be had in what we're doing, we sometimes lose sight of that because it's all about getting to the goal. And actually like, the only place
1: we're gonna experience meaning is now, not in the future, right? So. I think it's also,
0: this is a slightly different context. Also, I think of especially important way of framing this issue when you're thinking about like political work where activists work, you know, like you think about things like climate change, or like, you know, we all want certain things to happen, but if we get too attached to this has to happen for our, this work to succeed, so easy to get fil- filled with despair or get burnt out, right? So how can we just do each thing we need to do along the way as its own, So you know, each moment be
1: the goal, right? Each moment be the path. Well, this is good. Um, so thank you to the person who sent that
0: question. Um, the other question I'll just like give a little teaser is about how to offer meditation instruction or even whether you should to people who are suffering from very intense kinds of um, mental health issues like suicidal ideation or self-harm or things like that. And um, and so it's a really important question. I'm gonna, and I actually um, have some anecdotes I can give from the experience of teaching my class again at Williams. Um, so um, anyway, I'll, I'll just, if you're interested in that, just wanna, I'll, I'll try to address that next week. Um, so could we sit for just a minute um, before we say good night? All right, thank you. And please just do whatever practice feels good to you. Could be
1: three-point awareness or just following the breath. All right, everyone. Thank you for being here. And I hope that some of you can make it on next Wednesday. Good night, everyone.